0: Frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to Grown American forward slash John and order today.
1: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door.
0: This is Sirius XM Progress. Good evening and welcome. I'm John Fuglesang. This is Channel 127, the little show that brings good trouble to the right wing bubble. Produced by the great Thea Harper running this show out of Brooklyn. Uh, our normal exec producer, Chris Hauselt has the night off. He's he's going out and doing fun things like he should. We're really glad to have Corey Kislyak helping us keep this train on the tracks in New York. And uh, I'm here in L.A. Russ is here. Thank you very much for sticking with us all week. Thanks for not kicking me out. Thank you for not kicking me out. This is your house, man. It has been a blast broadcasting from uh, the L.A. studios all week long as we get ready for the big show at the Saban Theater this coming weekend, Saturday. Saturday the 21st at the Saban Theater. Stephanie Miller's only date of the year of the Sexy Liberal Comedy Tour featuring Hal Sparks. He's on the show tonight. Frangela, they were on the show uh, two nights ago. And myself, I'm stuck here every night with you guys. Our special guests, if you haven't heard, it's a real alpha liberal show, folks. If you're looking for some like wussy, little limp, flaccid, liberal moment, it's, it's not the show for you. It's Malcolm Nance and Glenn Kirshner and Rob Reiner. And Ron Perlman. It's going to be a riot, and I hope you guys can be there. You can go to sexyliberal.com to get information on tickets or on the pay per view because we are live streaming this thing. It's really going to be a hoot. Tonight on the show, we have um, our Indigenous panel once again with our two favorite First Nations regulars journalist Simon Moya Smith and activist Julie Francella. Comedian Hal Sparks joins us in hour number two, hour number three. We're going to be taking your calls and talking with Dr. Tracy Pearson and Richard Chastler, a comedian friend of ours, about all the headlines of the day. My God, when I was your age, kid, we didn't have emojis to convey complicated emotions. We had to make mixtapes. That was the 80s and the 90s. You don't want to know. Uh, I don't know if you just had a chance to hear it, but President Joe Biden just finished delivering a rare primetime address to the nation expressing his support for both Israel and Ukraine and the people of Palestine, uh, not Hamas. Biden tried to tie these conflicts together, saying that Vladimir Putin and Hamas wished to annihilate the democracies of the neighboring countries. Even Fox News showed this speech. Biden made it clear that Islamophobia and anti-Semitism are both unacceptable, that civilians in Gaza and Israel and Ukraine have a right to safety and dignity, And that both Putin and Hamas must be defeated. He's getting really high marks. Brit Hume of Fox News came out of the tomb and watched it and gave it such high reviews. Racist Twitter is very angry tonight. Now, Biden stopped short of saying the U.S. supports an independent Palestinian state. But he did say acts of Hamas don't take away the Palestinian rights to dignity and self-determination. He asserted again the hospital bombing was not done by Israelis. He said Palestinian people only want to live in peace and opportunity. And he cautioned the government of Israel to not be blinded by hate. Uh, oh, also today, Donald Trump uh, doxed the attorney general of New York and uh, posted her home address. So there, there you go. There's your choice, folks. Tonight, the theme, double crossing Jordan. <laughs> Turns out that threats and intimidation uh, from Republicans against other Republicans sometimes backfire. And Jim Jordan's insane campaign to work the phones, which means have people send threats to Republicans, um, doesn't seem to be working out too well after he's failed twice to get the votes needed for speaker. We talked about this last night. Congressman Ken Buck says he got four death threats because he won't support Jim Jordan. Congressman Don Bacon's wife got threatening and intimidating and poorly spelled text messages. If her husband didn't vote for Jim Jordan, that's how you know it was truly a Jim Jordan supporter. These threats against members of Congress, against their families. This is a direct result and symptom of the normalization of political violence by the right wing media and right wing politicians and bloated right wing hosts of Celebrity Apprentice who get fired from their own TV shows because they're so damn racist. And Jim Jordan's a part of this. Never forget, Jim Jordan, he's very much a Republican. But you know where he's different? It's not just that he voted to throw out the votes of American citizens the night of January 6, 2021. He helped Trump try to steal the election and helped instigate the terrorist attack on our Capitol the day of January 6, 2021. Now, Jim woke up this morning thinking, it's my day. Got to have a third vote. I'll become speaker now. Behind the scenes, (laughs) it turns out multiple Republican congressmen confessed to Axios earlier that they've been planning all along to flip their support from yes to no on future ballots deliberately so Jim Jordan can see his vote tally go down each time. That's why it was 200 votes the first time, 199 yesterday. They're staggering their opposition. To humiliate Jim Jordan, one Republican said... The bleeding is going to get worse if there's a round three and some of the holdouts won't even meet with Jim Jordan. So some of them love him. And there's a reason for that. He supports extreme cuts to Social Security and Medicare. Most Republicans seem to realize he's a petulant, craven, do nothing, weasel child man who will only help the Democrats with funding if he gets the speaker's gavel, which is why I'm all for it. I mean, I've said it before. The person most deserving to be the face of the Republican Party is is, um, George Santos. He should get it. I'd settle for Lauren Boebert. I'd love her to be Speaker of the House. She's already shown she's willing to reach across the aisle to give out jobs. She's given more jobs than the entire caucus. Let's move on. By 11 o'clock this morning, Happy Jim Jordan had decided, no, I'm not going to go for another vote. Instead, let's endorse uh, the plan to elevate Speaker pro tempore Patrick McHenry until January. Uh, which would have been great because Patrick McHenry is only 5'5", and the brother needs to be elevated. I mean, he's going to have to borrow Ron DeSantis's high heels, right? So it seemed like Jim had thrown in the towel. He was giving up. He was going to go ahead and say, make Patrick McHenry the speaker until January 1st, and then maybe by then I'll have the mojo, and I'll have a few months to try to make myself more likable and make my colleagues forget the man I've been for the last 16 years. But, see, that didn't work either. You know, that turned out letting Patrick McHenry be the short-term speaker... It was too much of a clown show for some of these clowns. It had a lot of pushback today. They had a four-hour internal meeting of Republicans screaming at each other. And multiple Republicans said there was virtually no path forward. So, because that move would require Republicans to effectively enter a coalition with Democrats, <laughs> which is exactly what happened 16 days ago when Kevin McCarthy was ousted, they killed it. And again, they they blame Matt Gates for demanding a single member could call for a motion to vacate and fire a sitting speaker, which Matt Gates did, Democrats get blamed for that. They didn't fire Kevin McCarthy. They just stopped helping him. And they blame Democrats for what the terrorists did in Benghazi. Many of them blame Democrats for Putin's invasion. Many blame Joe Biden for Hamas's terrorist attack. So yeah, of course they're going to blame Democrats for the fact that they can't even find a leader, that their caucus is incapable, literally 16 days incapable of governance. So then Jim Jordan changed his mind again. And he said, I'm, "I'm going to keep on trying to win over these moderate Republicans." So that was the plan. Uh, dozens of conservatives had said, "We're not going to go for this part-time temp speaker." They called it a betrayal. Jim Banks said, "We don't deserve the majority." He said, "It's the biggest fu to Republican voters." <laughs> no, that's 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 when you go to heaven and meet Saint Peter. That's when they'll get the biggest fu. Matt Gates called the plan constitutional desecration. So Jim Jordan's response was, "I meant to do that." He said, we made the pitch to members on the resolution as a way to lower the temperature. We decided that wasn't where we're going to go. I'm still running for speaker, and I plan to go to the floor and get the votes and win this race. And he said he'd meet with the 22 Republicans who opposed him on the last ballot. It will be more that vote against him next time. Congressman John Rutherford said, our mind is set. He needed to know there is no way forward for the speakership. But come on, when is not having the votes ever stop Jim Jordan from doing what he wants to do? He didn't have the votes when Donald Trump lost the election in 2020, and he was one of the head-winged monkeys in the conspiracy to overturn the American vote. So, after hours of uncertainty whether Jordan was going to drop out or drop back in, he announced tonight to hold a third ballot tomorrow at 10 a.m., and the House is still at a standstill. My future wife, uh, Congresswoman Jasmine Crockett, said, okay, this may be the speaker update for the day or not. We didn't vote at noon as scheduled. I have no idea if we're voting today or not. Jim... G.Y.M. was dropping out this morning, and as an hour ago, he isn't. Ken Nuck-if-you, Buck, warned Jordan that there's more defectors and his numbers will only get worse. Things got a little hot and heavy in the Republican caucus, and McCarthy supposedly tried to snatch Gates' edges. He is still feeling some kind of way about being vacated. (laughs) Lucky for everyone in there, there were no folding chairs. Now, most of these Republicans did vote to throw out the American people's will in the 2020 election. They, They traffic in conspiracies, and they dehumanize humans they don't like. They mainstream hate their leader. Donald Trump is the most morally degenerate person to ever sit in the Oval Office. And I'm including Andrew Jackson there. But the real story here, the media is not talking about Trump's. This is a repudiation of Trump. Trump has no juice with the Republicans in the House. These holdouts, they're holding out because they know they don't have to bend the knee. They're not afraid of him. And they're not afraid of him being president in the midst of all of this. Sidney Powell, the Kraken lady, is the big Trump story of the day. You remember her. She's the lawyer who threw out baseless accusations while trying to help Donald Trump illegally stay in power after he lost the election. Working with Giuliani, she promoted crazy conspiracy theories about voter fraud. She vowed repeatedly to release the Kraken (laughs) Uh, before losing every lawsuit she brought. There was that meeting, December 18th of 2021, where Trump was talking about appointing her as a special counsel. That was listed in the Georgia indictment as an overt act. And the voting machines, she said, were hacked by foreigners, rigged by Biden's team. There was no evidence of this. She proposed declaring a national security emergency, getting her and her team top secret security clearances and using the U.S. government to seize voting machines. Yes, that crazy lady. Her professional reputation has been utterly destroyed by her actions. And today she pled guilty to six charges related to election interference in Georgia. The second of Trump's 18 co-defendants to reach a deal. With prosecutors. She was going to defend herself, but apparently the prosecution's case was strong enough, she decided at the last minute to plead guilty. She's accused of trying to copy hard drives of voting machines in one rural Georgia county after a local election official falsely claimed the machines flipped votes from Trump to Joe Biden. There was never any evidence of this, and now she's had to plead guilty to accessing sensitive election data. She's required to serve six years of probation, pay a fine, and write an apology letter to Georgia and its residents, but more importantly, She's agreed to, ahem, testify truthfully against Donald Trump. She is now the most prominent ex member of Trump's inner circle who is working with prosecutors in George's racketeering case. This is not unrelated to Republicans in the House not being afraid of angering Donald Trump today. So she's flipped. Lynn Wood is already a state's witness. That means Jenna Ellis, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, and Ken Cheesebro. They're all in trouble. They all work with Powell. They all work with Linwood, Wood. And all of them need to flip or risk going to jail. It keeps getting worse for Trump, brothers and sisters. He's now facing the most serious criminal charges. He is the ringleader of this racketeering enterprise. And this isn't even the biggest trial he's facing. And while all this is happening, the sitting president who has been mocked as being feeble, the sitting president, the 81-year-old guy with a stutter, who they have said the most ageist crap against. Dementia, stumbling, bumbling. This man has now visited two active war zones. He flew to a war zone halfway across the world, held meetings, flew back on a red eye, and then did an Oval Office address. Joe Biden has now visited two active war zones in eight months. That is more than all previous presidents combined. Combined. Go ahead, guys. As I've said many times, I'll take the old guy who needs a nap over the old guy who needs another defense attorney. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. Quick break. We'll be right back with your calls. And I am so excited to welcome back Julie Franchella and Simon Moya-Smith. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
3: freaker or wherever you get your podcast on because you know i love it when you do
0: welcome back we are at 866-997-4748-866-997 grit coming up later in the show will be joined by uh, my tour buddy house sparks First, I am so pleased to welcome our next two guests back. If you've read the book, Killers of the Flower Moon, you know it's about how a lot of people got rich stealing a lot of money that was meant to go to indigenous people in Oklahoma. Uh, Martin Scorsese's long-awaited adaptation of the book is finally opening. The premiere is tonight. It'll be in cinemas across the country tomorrow. The raves have been over-the-top since it premiered in Cannes a few months ago, and it looks like it's getting some of the best reviews of Martin Scorsese's career, and that's saying something. So I'm so pleased to mark the occasion of one of the most important films about the indigenous American experience with two of our favorite guests. Simon Moya-Smith is an Oglala, Lakota and Chicano journalist. He's a contributing writer at NBC News, where you can read his thoughts on issues at the intersection of his heritage and modern politics. His forthcoming book is called Your Spirit Animal is a Jackass, and he Recently profiled actress Paulina Alexis of the Peabody award-winning FX series... Reservation Dogs for the Cut. And Julie Francella is an activist, an artist, a writer, and a veteran mental health professional with over 28 years of experience in the clinical field. She's worked as the executive director of a domestic violence center and a clinical caseworker for many years at a residential treatment center for indigenous youth and families. She's an enrolled member of the Ojibwe of the Batchewana First Nation Reserve and currently works with the First Nations University of Canada. Julie and Simon, everyone loves this segment, and I'm so grateful to welcome you both back to SiriusXM.
1: Hello. Thank you.
0: Hello. Simon, are you with us? Yeah. Can you hear me? I sure can. Thank you. Yes, one of you's on Zoom and one's on phone, so I just wanted to make sure we're all good. Simon, I understand you're catching the film tonight. Have you seen it yet?
3: I'm in the middle of it, actually. I'm I'm with you guys. Uh, It started a little while ago, and uh, I'll head back in there after this call.
0: Oh man, I don't. I'll 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 keep your time here really brief. I don't want you to miss too much of the film. I feel guilty about it now. How do How do you like the first half, Simon?
3: It's really hard. I'm going to be honest. And um, a lot of the elders are here. I'm in Albuquerque right now, and the elders who are here, you can see them. They're they're tearing up. They're gasping. As a matter of fact, the organizers have provided a a bag with things like tissues and anything um. that would help soothe soothe them when they get home because. The first 15 minutes is pretty brutal.
1: Wow. wow.
0: I'm, so I mean, I'm her, excited to see it. It sounds like it's, as unpleasant as it is, it sounds like a, a such an important film, and Scorsese has talked a lot about how the early drafts of the script were way too much from the Caucasian point of view, and they conscientiously were trying to correct that and make it really reflect more the Osage point of view.
3: Yeah. Um, whitewashing indigenous narratives has, you know, that's been the thing ever since they got here. But mm. now the idea of indigenous people telling our own stories and having somebody like Martin Scorsese essentially just passed the mic. You know, there were many scenes where he just basically said, talk, you guys go ahead and talk your Osage. And one thing that we really appreciate is that he didn't hire Italians or, and then bronze them like they used to do. He used all the Osage people. He used their language and said, I wasn't going to fly anybody in. We were going to have all the Osages that we could to give this story that life, that flesh, that bone, and the actual narrative, the correct narrative. Not that, not the whitewash narrative.
0: That's amazing. No, no Burt Lancaster then uh, in, in this film. Hell <laughs> uh, <that's, laughs> no. Yeah, which is, <laughs> w- which is great. Uh, Julie, I know you haven't had a chance to see it yet. Are you familiar with the book or the source material?
1: I'm familiar with the source material. I'm, I'm familiar with the book and also just you know the that story uh, over and over again of exploitation many tribes faced exploitation from outsiders eager to profit from resources found on their lands you know whether it was gold or fertile land or oil so it's a very uh similar story to a lot of nations including my own nation actually that um just received or is in the process of receiving um, a settlement from the Canadian government for a similar type of um, exploitation in terms of the resources that were, I guess collected from um, our our lands as well. So um, it's very, very interesting story for a lot of indigenous people. Um, and I'm ex- so excited to see the film. I understand, you know, Simon, you're talking about the elders. there sitting there, um, in tears and that very reminiscent of when I saw the film Indian horse in, uh, theaters as well. Mm-hmm. And I saw it with some residential school survivors and it was a very similar type of, um, Uh, Just having elders there and the fact that it was, you know, a story written by an indigenous person. So I I just want to give, you know, a lot of um, props to Martin Scorsese for allowing the Osage people to have a voice in this film and not just being the one sided from, you know, a non-indigenous view. So I'm excited to see it.
0: You know, Simon, we should probably do a whole theme of this at some point. But let me just ask off the top of your head, um, are there films that you would recommend to our audience that you think really do justice to the First Nations experience?
3: Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it's funny when you, back when um, Kevin Costner came out with Dances with Wolves, people thought that was a, you know, white savior narrative. But then my elder on the red, he goes, you got to watch it from indigenous eyes. We yeah. saved him. He yeah. didn't save us, we <laughs> saved him, because at the end of the day, he rejected the, uh, everything about being white. And then he became exactly. the enemy, right? They considered yeah. him a turncoat and quote-unquote savage. <laughs> so a lot of the films that you, you watch, if you try to see it from the indigenous lens, it really changes it for you. Um, mm-hmm. There's one called Rabbit Proof Fence. Yeah, that one is really hard to watch, too, because that has to do with residential schools and boarding schools. And you can see the scenes in cinematic ways, how they aggressively stole children from the families, from their Mm family. Mother chasing the car, the children kicking and screaming. So if you haven't seen Rabbit Proof Fence, that I think that will go along with the discussion right now of boarding schools and residential schools.
0: Great movie. Julie, any Could, of your favorites?
1: Yes, um, I right now um, a friend of mine. It's Richard Wagamese. He wrote the book Indian Horse. Um, he passed away a few years ago, but the book has been made into a film. That I believe, I think Clint Eastwood was executive producer for the yes, film. It he is was. now required reading in the curriculum for uh, Ontario, which is one of the provinces in in Canada, in their high school curriculum. I highly recommend it. It is very difficult to watch, but it is so important. It's just one of the, the best representations of what indigenous people went through and i think it takes place in around the 60s another it's not a movie but it's a a tv series and i keep telling everybody that i know to watch it and i say that because it's based on a series of books it's called dark winds um some of you may have already been watching it but it's based on a series of books by john hillerman and he wrote He's a not he's a non-native, but he wrote with such respect and reverence when it came to the Navajo traditions that in his later years he was actually named a friend of the Navajo people by the tribal council. And yes. uh, you know, my friend Gene Brave Rock is in it, and my friend uh, Kiowa Gordon also he plays the FBI agent, Native FBI agent. He's also in it, and they were telling me that they actually have a room full of indigenous writers, and to see a. Uh, Native people, especially in this case, the Navajo being portrayed in such nuanced ways. I just, I recommend it highly to anyone out there. It's, it's wonderful writing. It's an interesting story. And it's just, I, I just, It makes me proud that there's so many um, good native stories out there right now. So I highly recommend Indian Horse as a film and a book and Dark Winds. I didn't read the books, but I've, I've watched the TV series and it's just incredible
0: simon i am starting to feel in incredible uh white guilt for making you miss <laughs> this film and and so i don't, don't want to keep you too long if you got to bail you got to bail but I, I i have to ask yep. you both about uh the situation in the middle east because it occurred to me mm. last monday when i came into work and we were in the midst of this horrific war that both sides, Israel and Palestine, can lay credible claim to being the indigenous peoples of the region. And this, of course, all broke out on Monday on Indigenous Peoples Day. And I wondered, Simon, what your thoughts were.
3: I mean, ultimately, for us as indigenous people, we've been saying that we don't support any form of brutal murder of women and children. Any, any of that. I mean, because it was, when we think about it, it was cowards who murdered women and children at the Sand Creek Massacre. It was cowards who murdered women and children at uh, Wounded Knee. It was cowards who murdered women and children, even as we're talking about a Killers of the Flower Moon, the Osage Murders. So yep. as indigenous people, we're always going to be anti-colonization. But right now, we're saying the same thing that I think a lot of people are saying. We're calling for the ceasefire. And, you know, it's the Palestinians, the, the people themselves, who are suffering right now. Correct. I think they just cut off the no, they don't have access to food or water and that is something as indigenous people we can relate with you know mm-hmm. the, the idea of our we're the we're, we're the descendants of the survivors of a genocide so the ceasefire does have to happen right now in indian country all over is saying exactly that ceasefire
1: yeah yeah. yeah. Do, sure. do you remember, you know, during the pandemic, remember when we all stood outside on our balconies and we were applauding hospital staff, you know, fast forward to, you know, a couple of days ago, you know, hospitals being blown up, you know, and I'm not going to get into, you know, who did what. There's a deep and complicated history in that part of the world. I'm not going to speak to that. What I will speak to, you know, is our humanity. You know, you've got Hamas and Netanyahu's government and some humans' sole purpose is in life is to inflict pain on others you know i've worked with young people and adults in uh, street gangs actually and and i've often thought about you know it's 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 very complex so i'm not going to make a direct you know um comparison but hamas is a it's like a giant street gang you know and and these people inflicting pain on this grand scale you know i've often said like send me send me to the middle east i will volunteer to go over there you know um with a, with a group of um therapists and people to really sit down with these because put the politics aside we're dealing with human beings why are these people so intent to inflict terror and pain on other people like what is that about so my for my, a long
0: time i've said for a long time right? julie the next the next gandhi is going to have to come from this region and right uh, stop a, a fighting palestinian, a palestinian armed with a cell phone camera could do much more exactly good than a palestinian right.
1: and, th- than and, a mass terrorist that's right. right and the thing is stop fighting i feel like we're teenagers fighting over who gets what bedroom in this house that we all live in Right? Like, we all live in this. House. If this house burns down, we all are going to suffer for it. Right? What Native people know already is that nobody owns this land. We share the land. When the Dutch came to New York and offered the Lenape Indians gifts, the Indians believed that they were coming here to share the land. We all know that that obviously wasn't what happened. Right, the Dutch had a different, you know, vision. The the settlers had a different vision of what you know they wanted, and the history here in in um, North America or Turtle Island, as we call it, is very complicated. the The history in the Middle East is complicated. It's atrocious. It's filled with violence, displacement, starvation, genocide. You name it. That's we have to acknowledge that. However, we also have to move forward. We can have our truth. Of our of our histories, but as Sitting Bull said, Chief Sitting Bull, during the signing of the treaties here on Turtle Island or North America, let us put our minds together and think of a future for our children. Native Americans and settlers on this side of the continent were not over here slaughtering each other for the most part. Things like truth and reconciliation are happening in Canada. There's some progress here in the United States as well. We have Deb Holland. It's a start. Mm-hmm. It may not be ideal or perfect but it's something. And I think that's what needs to happen in the Middle East. There needs to be a ceasefire. I agree with Simon 100%. And sit down with you know, um, both sides. How do we share this land? We have been able to do it. It's not perfect. But that is, I think, what we need to do as, as people in, in the world, our humanity is at stake. And that's my that's my little rant on
0: that. It's, it's it's very beautiful. I mean, Simon, do you agree that there really is no military solution to this destructive conflict?
3: I don't know. Yeah, because how I see it, it seems very simple. It's like bombing hospitals is a war crime, right? And so we have an Indian country has condemned Hamas and any form of terrorism. And But the hard part is there's also a religion element, a religious element to that. Uh, for as indigenous people, we had our spirituality—the Cherokee, the Oglala, the Oneida, the Osage, the Ojibwe—but we weren't trying to convert anybody.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It wasn't it's something true. we never. Our battles weren't over; weren't spiritual battles. They weren't like we want to convert them or even monopoly. It, so, if I don't think a lot of people are aware of this, so in the United States specifically, it's not. It's not just the Osage people. This is the territory where they speak Osage. And the Lakota, that's the same thing. We're like, okay, this isn't just the name of the tribe. This is where Lakota is spoken. So we've had our rivalries for thousands and thousands of years. But I think getting government to be the solution, asking a native if the government is a solution, I think we'll call bullshit every time.
0: Yeah, I, I just joined everyone who's praying that a year from now, both the people of Palestine and the people of Israel have um, much better leaders who are much right. more compassionate and uh, much less corrupt. I've, I've said for a long time that both Netanyahu and Hamas need each other. Netanyahu admitted as much in 2019 when he said that supporting Hamas and keeping them in power was the best way to prevent an independent Palestinian state. Their yep. wartime consul locked in this violent codependent embrace where they need the other to instill fear in their people to keep themselves so in true. jobs. And I'm just... I'm just praying a year from now, yeah. both Palestine and Israel have new leaders who are committed to nonviolent solutions to these problems.
1: It's true. And think about, you know, I, I've often said, like it's so it's so important that, you know, stressing the responsibility of um discussing these these issues, the tragic death of the six-year-old Palestinian-American boy. You know, it highlights the dangers of this propagating, you know, certain narratives. It's worth noting that both Jews and Muslims share a belief in the same God and harming children is strictly forbidden in Islamic teachings, right? You know, as mentioned in the Hadith. And so, you know, it's so easy. You see this man being radicalized. Right. Yep. And I read this man, stories. This man
0: apparently was the landlord and loved this child and played yeah, with Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And they were close, he and then right wing radio. Child. But right wing AM radio.
1: And yeah. so quickly he was radicalized. And I've worked with gang members. I've worked with murderers. In my profession, I have worked with people who have taken other people's lives in gangs. They've been radicalized in the same way. Their families have been members of these gangs. Their children, tw- as young as 12 years old, I'm talking about, have stabbed people to death and they have been radicalized. I have worked with these families and these these young people in these street gangs. It's not the same thing, but in terms of the, psych- no, the psychology yeah. of it. And I have worked with these families and we have de-radicalized and disengaged these people my solution again start a gofundme i will i will go there with a team of people and work with these terrorist groups because that's what these i think that's what is needed why why what happened to you in your world that you would be willing to inflict such terror and pain on other people
0: well they'll tell you they'll tell you but yeah um... i mean right Absolutely. I, I, I want to shift gears a bit, guys. I love this segment. I love when you join us. But Halloween is coming up, and it, it got me thinking that um, you know, every time we hear this expression "sacred Indian burial grounds," it's it's usually for like some kind of Halloween thing. It's usually for some kind of haunting story, or or even worse, like I, I was looking at Pet Cemetery. It's it's sort of blaming dead Indians for all this horror mm-hmm. i mean simon is that a common theme is that a common trope with the expression i mean poltergeist the house is built on an yeah. indian burial ground so oh Pet whatever. cemetery those dead, indian, those dead indians yeah. they're they're fucking with us
3: <laughs> yeah no it's a common thing especially right now with you know, if you watch all of these um, paranormal shows somebody sure. is going to say that their house is rumored to have been built on an ancient indian burial ground and as natives, we just look at each other and we're like, seriously? So our ancestors were the enemy when they were alive. And now we're the enemy in death as well? Do, it's
1: like, of course we are.
3: We yeah, when do we stop being the enemy in this white narrative? I mean, it, it really is the continued demonization of natives. I mean, it, it, and it just rolls along and no one mm-hmm. seems to question that. But, you know, every creaky door isn't in India. And it just seems mm. really lazy to me. Like you were mentioning, like all of these movies, even It, Stephen King's It, it was the natives who fought Pennywise first, right? Uh, oh, that's but right. But you never hear these. Yeah, you never hear these white folks who've apparently lived in this their great great grandfather's house
1: ever blame him. <laughs> well, I, I have a comment. Of, yeah, yeah. I, no, I have
0: it's, a... Never a, it's, it's never a house built on a Christian burial ground, is it? Never once, no. Julie. Go right. ahead. Right.
1: But, but if you think about it, you know, you've got these, the settlers coming over, these Puritans, right, of rational thinkers coming over, leaving behind, you know, who, 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 what? Listeners out there have read the Lord of the Rings, right? You've got sure. the elves. You've got the fairies. So these rational Puritan English people coming over to this part of the world, leaving behind that folklore. And what do they, what do they find here? They find the forests. They find the indigenous people living in these forests. And that is very spooky. And I think in New England, especially, which is where Stephen King, I think, is, is writing from, Yes. That becomes, you know, the 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 you know, as Simon was saying, the demonization of Native Americans and, you know, this this folklore now around, you know, the forest and um indigenous, you know, indigenous people both dead and alive. So, yeah. it's fascinating. There's a long history. If you look it up, there's a long history of um English especially writers writing about, you know, Native Americans in that whole, you know, spooky spooky way.
0: Totally. I, although I would say, Julie, um, those rational Puritans you speak of were, were so <laughs> uptight. They were so uptight, they got kicked out of England. So just I know, right? <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you guys, um, are there scary stories from your nations since it mm-hmm. is Halloween? Is, is Halloween something that uh, that Native cultures enjoy? Simon?
3: I guess for the Lakota people in particular, obviously, you know, Halloween is something that came from Europe on a boat with white folks and with the white language yeah, and absolutely. their white narrative. Yep. But for us, yeah, there's, there's a lot of our, our stories are also kind of like parables, things that, warning. warning. Yep. For example, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know, for us, Bigfoot is a real uh, relative. Everything's relative, right, for us. That's why we say, mm-hmm. you know, to all my relations, because mm-hmm. everything is related. But mm-hmm. so our relative, Bigfoot, he will take your children if you're a bad parent. So yes. Not ro- be a yeah, good parent. Roams <laughs> around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people just think it's just some elusive creature, the multiverse, that like he's able to come into this verse and then go to another verse. But for us, it's, it's a cautionary tale
4: mm-hmm.
3: to always be attentive and a good parent and a good yes. leader. Otherwise, yeah. they will take your child and they will become part of them. And Ah. you will never see your child again, and they will be better treated with the Sasquatch. So Sasquatch Sasquatch
0: comes from a a fable, then, from indigenous mythology.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And everybody has their own names for it, as well, and different stories. Mm -hmm. And there's uh, even—so my partner, who's Yupik and Anupak, they're the little people. And the little people will pay attention. And what they do is they take you into the netherworld where they live, where time stops. Which mm-hmm. means that if a child does get out and leaves or finds their way out 30 years later, they'll still be that age. They'll still be a child. And there are articles you can look up out of Anchorage where there are stories of just random children showing up who are looking for their families, but some of them are already gone. They're long and dead.
1: Wow. And. And just for um to kind of represent the Ojibwe culture, in Ojibwe culture, we actually have some stories that we don't tell until there's snow on the ground because they involve certain animals and we don't want to offend their spirits. So there are certain stories that we won't tell until it's winter and there's snow on the ground. But we do have a creature, um again, Simon's right, that the the whole parable behind it, we have a creature called the Windigo or the the Windigo wendigo windigo we say windigo and yeah. basically the windigo is this gaunt sort of spirit creature that um can come and like you know again steal your children or come after you in the forest yes and what that basically i saw is that teaching...
5: movie
1: did you oh i didn't know there's a movie there's a movie uh, i have to watch like it 20 years I didn't ago know. Yeah. but basically for the ojipwe that message is Starvation and all of that, like that, is a bad spirit. And so the message is to make sure that we give offerings and that we share with everyone, so that no one ever is starving. So you see how, you know, that sort of teaches people, you know, that to share what you have with with everyone around you. Otherwise, the Wendigo will come, and we don't want that. So just share what you have. So it's a good message, a good parable, <laughs> but it's this scary. I, when I was a kid, I was so scary. Go ahead, Simon.
3: Well, yeah, there, a lot of them are cautionary. Like, for example, mm-hmm. everybody, everybody who's listening right now, don't whistle at night.
0: Don't if whistle at whistle night. At, I've yeah, never heard that one. Why wh- don't whistle at night? No.
3: Okay, so if you let your dog in the backyard and you're just like, you know, trying to call your dog, do everything other than whistle. Because when you whistle, you're, you don't know what you're calling to you in, in the night.
1: You uh. don't know
3: what is out there. It could be, again, it could be any of the 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 creatures that we yeah. are would consider the evil spirits that lost roam. Spirit. So when mm-hmm. you whistle, you're calling them to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love so, it. My mother, my mother was just never you do not whistle at night. No
0: ever wow i'm sorry i've got to go write a treatment for my next horror script um i I love that (laughs) concept guys i I love when you join us on the show for this segment i love it so much because you've just managed to relate first nations culture to both halloween and the war in the middle east and the biggest movie premiere of the year that you're missing right now simon to do this segment so i want to i want to let you go. No spoilers simon anything anything you want to share with our listeners before we lose you simon
3: Um, we're on the heels of Native American Heritage Month. Um, Yes, that's going to be November. So, you know, I really hope people will pay close attention to the things that are happening in their communities. It could be on the university campus. It could be the Indian Center in your community. And I guess lastly, Halloween is coming up. Our culture is not your costume.
0: Nice. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Do you have any parting words for our guests or for our listeners? Um,
1: I, I hope you all go and see um, Killers of the Flower Moon. I think that um, just the fact that they've they've included the Osage Nation in sort of the production and costume and all of that, I'm I'm excited to hear. And also go and watch Dark Winds. You will you will thank me later because it's such mm-hmm. a good 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 production.
0: Simon, how can our listeners follow you and keep up with all your doings?
3: Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Simon said take a pic.
0: Go enjoy the rest of the three and a half hour film. Uh, Julie, how can our listeners follow you and keep up with everything you do?
1: I'm Julie Franchella on both Twitter and Instagram. And also right now today is the Oki Language Project Art auction has started. So you can look that up. It's also on my social media if you want. And you can bid. All of the money goes towards um, keeping the languages uh, alive, because that's one of the things that we've we've lost is our language.
0: Brilliant. When I was at the Cherokee Reservation uh, making a film for PBS, I got to visit the school they were using with the casino money to keep the language alive for the children. And it was one of the most inspiring things I've ever seen. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much. I love when you join us for this segment. Simon, enjoy the rest of the film. Julie, thank you as always. We'll be right back with your calls at 866 997 4748. This is Progress.
1: Delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: Our thanks once again to Julie Franchella and Simon Moya-Smith. we got to find a good name for that segment. We were talking about all the bad names, off the reservation, you know, like all the cheesy names we could call it. But, you know, we're we're working on it. Uh, Those two need to do their own show. They're talking about doing a podcast. They are great together. I'm John saying This is SiriusXM Progress. If you're just joining us, the president who has been derided as dementia-addled and feeble has now visited two active war zones in the last eight months. The 81-year-old guy with a stutter just flew to a war zone halfway across the world, had meetings, flew back on a red eye and did an Oval Office address tonight. Joe Biden has now visited more active war zones this year than all previous presidents combined. And Donald Trump is doxing Letitia James's address on the internet. There you go. Also, if you're just joining us, the Kraken is down. Sidney Powell has flipped like a crackhouse mattress. She is now going to testify for the state against Donald Trump. What does this mean? Let's go to the phones. We are at 866-997-4748. Marie in Atlanta, thank you for your patience. You're on Sirius XM.
4: Thanks for taking my call, John. Just wanted to give some context on the uh, Sydney Powell pleading. Um, Please. She was initially charged with uh, felony racketeering and six other felony conspiracy counts. Um, she pled guilty today to six misdemeanor counts. She received six years of probation. Um, she has a six thousand dollar fine. She also has to pay, mm. by the way, which the press hasn 't reported much twenty seven hundred dollars restitution uh, to replace the the election equipment in Coffee county. she has to pay that to Very the nice. Secretary of state 's office. Okay. Um, she also agreed to testify truthfully and apparently in conjunction with that, provided the prosecutor 's office with a recorded video statement um, yep. I, I guess locking in her testimony.
0: That's the big um, news here, I think. That's the that's the that's exact. the real lead on this story. Yeah, what do you think that well, means? Well,
4: it, me? is, it is, and it isn't, it <laughs> isn't. Let me. me just finish up. The other thing she's supposed to do is write a letter of apology to the citizens of Georgia, which <laughs> I contend should be a video apology that should have to be played on all of the the major stations in the state of Georgia, including the Fox News affiliates.
0: Oh, oh, now, not a way. <laughs> yeah, there's would, not
4: a way for the, for a judge to order like the stations to play it. Porn for but the they angels. They could order yeah. her to pay for the time.
0: Oh, 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 it's like porn. Stop, stop. It's too beautiful. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> see that happening. But I do think her apology letter will become the most famous letter of the year.
4: Oh gosh, yes. Um, to me, her so testimony the, matter. Her
0: testimony matters a lot more than the letter. Go ahead.
4: Yes, it does. So, um, so here's the thing. Those misdemeanor counts in Georgia generally carry a a maximum sentence of one year in prison or 12 months on probation. That's the maximum you could get. And of course, there could be fines and restitution. So for her to have received with no prior criminal record, six years, that means the judge had to have stacked her sentences up. And keep in mind that people tend to think that, you know, probation is easy. Probation is serving a prison sentence in the community. So Mm. you can't go around other criminals. You can't commit a crime yourself. You can't, Uh um, like I used to to tell my clients at the time, you know, if you get in a car with somebody you don't know well, you need to ask them, do you have any drugs in this car? Do you have a gun in this car? You know, something so that they would understand that they might be exposing themselves unwittingly to something that could end up putting them in prison and getting their probation revoked. And and the standard for getting probation revoked is not proof beyond a reasonable doubt but a preponderance of the evidence that it's more likely than not that you did something that violated the terms of your probation. So it's really, really easy to end up getting revoked and then sent to prison. So she's yeah. got a six-year exposure to that risk. But here's okay. the thing. Tell that me. six-year exposure takes her through two presidential elections. Mm. That's number one. The second thing that six years does is it locks her in so that when Donald Trump plays his delay, delay, delay game, she's still stuck with the threat of going back to prison if the testimony she gives doesn't match the statement that she gave. Uh So she's got six years of the sword of Damocles hanging over her head.
0: So it's really just begun for our friend Sydney, hasn't it? I mean, they're gonna make her earn her way out of jail.
4: Yep. Exactly. And how do you the see- statement that video statement can be made available. I mean if Jack Smith were to, I guess, subpoena it, he could probably get it and produce it at whatever trials, you know, for whatever indictments or grand jury present presentments he does.
0: So she's the most prominent member of Trump's inner circle to now be working with prosecutors, and Lyd Wood is already a state's witness. So does this mean that, like, Jenna Ellis and John Eastman and Ken Cheesebro had better flip fast or risk going to jail themselves? Yes. You know
4: what they say, the first one in the door gets the best deal. Tick tock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I I don't even know what to say. Uh, But do you think that she got off light? I'm hearing a lot of people complaining that she got off light. I think she was just smart enough to be the first one to plead out.
4: Exactly. Um, I I think I I understand the thought that she's getting off light. But like I said, first of all, it's six years of exposure to potentially getting revoked back. But the other thing is, remember that she was in the inner circle. And so she gives prosecutors the most reliable picture of who said what in what context at what time on what day
0: uh, this is why i tell you people don't despair at these fascists just hang in there karma comes around marie you are the best thank you so much for classing up our show once again quick break we'll be right back with your calls and mr Hal sparks in studio this is progress after dark Thank you to the ghost of Mason Adams. This is SiriusXM <laughs> Progress. I'm John Fuglesang. It was on this date in 1969 that Vice President Spiro Agnew referred to the anti-Vietnam protesters as an effete core of impudent snobs. And it was on this exact date 50 years ago, Nixon announced his replacement. We are celebrating the 25-year anniversary of Mike Tyson getting his boxing license back after he bit Vander Holyfield's ear off during a fight, because it proves you can buy your way out of anything except maybe conspiracy to steal an election. Uh, again, our number is 866 997 4748 Happy birthday to friends of the show Michael Steele, and happy birthday to friend of the show John Lithgow. Right now, let's welcome another friend of the show who I haven't seen uh, in way too long. Thanks, pandemic. You guys all Already know Hal Sparks, terrific actor, terrific comedian, terrific musician, terrific Mm -hmm. political commentator, uh, terrific host of his own show, Mm -hmm. Hal Sparks Mega Worldwide, Dude, Where's My Car, Spider-Man 2, Talk Soup, I Could Do It All Day, but the only credit that matters for you, lab rats, but -hmm. the only credit that matters for either of us is, of course, the sexy liberal comedy tour indictment year edition this Saturday night at the Saban Theater in Beverly Hills and you can see the uh, the live cast and if you want on pay-per-view go to sexyliberal.com it's the alpha liberal show this
5: year Hal a lot of testosterone that's right we got, I got Ron Perlman said he'd come down that's I mean it, luckily we need I guess to counter the fact that you and I can't really grow a beard to save our lives in the true liberal <laughs> tradition and uh, he brings enough kind of hirsute testosterone you know just the history of it mm-hmm. throughout him a man a man who who looked normal as a lion, so much so that when they removed it, you're like, that's his face? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I impressive.
0: Mean, so many great films, and he's done the show a lot of times, and the last time he was here, I, I was like, you know, mm-hmm. you, you swore you'd never wear the prosthetic animal makeup again, but mm-hmm. then you did Island of Dr. Moreau, and right. he was like, it was just to work with Brando, and then he just told Brando stories. Oh, like, dear You were God. here
5: that night, Russ. You were here. It's was amazing. It was just- in, in his defense, all... All Brando experiences are Brando stories. Exactly. Like, you don't get to skip one. There's no, there's no like, eh, how was your time with Brando? It's pretty pedestrian, actually. He just kind of showed up, did his work, and went home. I, I gotta say, he was very punctual and professional. He wasn't. He didn't show up 165 pounds overweight, needing his lines fed to him like a child on a Coca-Cola ad. <laughs> set. Yeah. So, Ron, is
0: there going to be with us? We're going to be on stage with Rob Reiner again, who's yes. done like nine of these at this point.
5: Yeah. Uh, Glenn Kirschner is going to be back. Fantastic. He'll case. be shouting over. For all the, the, of us, the, which I'm looking forward king to. King of legal
0: analysts. Right. Analysts, and of course, our good friend, Mr. Malcolm Nance, who did the show in uh, D.C. That's right. That was like five years ago already. Right. So Malcolm Nance. Yeah. There's a lot of, but thank God. A lot
5: of life has passed during Stephanie that
0: Stephanie and Frangela are going to be there to balance out all the testosterone.
5: That's true. It's going to be a meaty show, I will say. I'm very excited about it, and I'm very excited about the shows that are coming across the country starting in January. Thank God. And, yes. I, and I, Ron, uh, you know, the producer that's trying to kill Stephanie Miller for the uh, oh, insurance money in, sitting in over Oh, this,
0: here. In this House, he's trying to kill me for the insurance money. All too. right. Well, yeah. well,
5: I, I have to say, I don't think you're as insured for as much because you're not, you know, physically on your
0: heels. We're going to make times, you talk
2: on the mic, Ron. We're going to make nah, fun of you nah, so much, you're going to lean nah, in and get into this. Nah, I no. have no money
0: on you. For Everybody lunch. always yeah. hears about how you're trying to kill Stephanie Miller, but yeah. she, you, she can never, she can rarely get you to go on the air. We're going to work that's on that's right. It
5: we'll, we'll figure it out. But we'll get. But what I want is Ron to work on. I know Steph doesn't want to go anywhere because, uh, you know, Carol Burnett level prima donna stuff. I'm for it. I think it's great. I think. She you should, you know, you got to hold back something. It keeps the majesty there. But I think you, me, Frangela, oh, we got to hit. We gotta are we hit... going to do this on the yes, air? Yes, we are. Are going to have this private conversation Dallas-Houston, San Antonio, S- uh, no, let Tempe, Phoenix. Let, let me tell Phoenix. you, as long as Ron's here, I can make Santa it awkward. Fe. Santa Fe. Santa Fe, yes. Faga. The Lensic is a beautiful yeah, space. We played Austin. it
0: before. Yep. We played the opera house in Austin, and it was beautiful. We didn't Key West. The balcony.
5: I know a great comedy club that uh, basically you could get. Tetanus from bumping into any of the furniture. <laughs> and great. the, uh, yeah, the the green room We're is. We're not playing
0: comedy joints, pal. We're playing theaters and performing
5: arts centers. Oh, no, all this that, is you know. a fancy place. Okay. It's just, they treat the artists like crap, which they should, well, you know what I mean? Because think about it, today, it's the customer, it's the it's the theater patron that is actually getting the, the red carpet experience coming into the place.
0: I mean, Ron, Honolulu or Maui, we've gotten so many requests no, to I, go to the islands. I've we've got gotten, a
5: theater we can use there. And this is the thing, it's got to be in red
0: states. This is the Howard Dean 56th right. strategy. What I have yeah! said to Stephanie That's Miller, gonna... and hey, since she's not here, let's talk about her. Right. What I've said to Stephanie, and I'll say it again to her <laughs> face tomorrow, in her, in her house while her dog... <laughs> pumps my leg at 7 a.m. No, I had
2: I, that experience just dogs an oh, hour
0: God, dogs. Good, dogs. I'm Real legally dogs. married to that dog in Guam after the last time I was in that room. <laughs> what I've said is Chelsea did this. The comedians of Chelsea yes. lately, she sent them out, she took a cut and mm-hmm. it was great. I've always said the sexy liberal we'll all-stars and it's I me agree. and Hal and Frangela playing joints
5: and she'll still take a cut. And yeah, she says it.
0: That it, she said it'll dilute the brand but it'll grow the brand. It'll grow the brand. No. Ron,
5: it'll, grow the brand. No, it'll finance the it'll finance a giant vacation for her. And well, be what
2: I've been married for almost 20 years. I'm ready to go on the road. <laughs> All right, yeah. Good, then thank you.
5: Right.
0: We have a conspiracy. I'll, I'll, I'll tell Fonnie Willis. What, what I've been saying for a long time is about the show, when people mm-hmm. ask me about the tour, what I've always said is the best part about it is when we go to like red states Yes. and people who have been terrified of having a, 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 an Obama bumper sticker when they go to their car, their mm-hmm. their job or their church yeah. and they're in a room with a thousand or two thousand other liberal or leftist or progressive or Democrat or, yeah. moder- or just anti-evil, anti-evil right. people sure. and they look around and they realize, oh my God, there's no homophobic dickheads or people trying to put women in jail for abortion, which the Bible never bans. And it becomes a party because people yeah. are so glad so to be relieved. in a room. There's 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 always a couple of MAGA husbands who get pulled along as hostages. Yeah. There's always a few, and I but and, we and I, welcome I them.
5: I've been you know as I'm from Kentucky originally, I am the MAGA translator for a lot of these jokes. I, uh, I help. Yeah. I you know I can I can give them a soft landing. You know, mm-hmm. usually on their head because that's the softest part of the body in their case. But then, <laughs> but I will do my best to dr- to make them feel like you know, it, while some of their ideas aren't welcome, their humanity is never questioned, which is something I exactly. don't think they grant to a lot of other people sometimes. Correctamundo. So. Yeah.
0: We have a good time. We do. And, and, you know, Frangela just brings the house down. It's always I mean, a fun show, but to me, it's it's what I've loved. And we've been doing this since what, right? since the 80s, right, Right? How long have we been doing this tour? Since yeah. 11 or 12 years. 11, 12 years. It's 12 years last mm-hmm. April. And it's just... it's. Mm-hmm even better than military audiences and I thought there was like for me there's college <laughs> sure. audiences and then there's military crowds yeah. and then at the top it's the sexy liberal tour right. because it's a bunch of moral people going ape shit, right and it's smart vulgar material which we could all use
5: more of absolutely I mean it's it's joy for the sake of joy in a lot of these cases and be, and being able to let your freak flag fly from a you know political standpoint a lot of, especially in these you know red states or or red-leaning states in mm-hmm. some places and again if people would just vote they'd be surprised how fast these red states states... states would tip purple and these purple states would turn blue because the one thing about the belief that, well, my district is already this way, that we really have to kind of shake up in people's heads, is that in blue states... You don't just go, well, it doesn't quite matter because I'm already blue. No, you contribute to the mandate. You want the stuff that we're talking about? You've got to scare the Republicans in the rest of the country to realize just how yep. many people support it, even in the blue states, in the states that have the most human Look beings. Look at
0: how Kansas and, turned out exactly. overwhelmingly to protect abortion rights. Kansas. Yep.
5: Look at how
0: young people turned out in an off-off year to vote for the Supreme Court in Wisconsin. Right. Now, Charles Blow has done the show a few times, and his new book is all about his theory that African-Americans who are descendants of the Great Migration Mm -hmm. need to move back to the South. Hmm. He's telling black folks who vote Democrat that they need to, in large numbers, move (laughs) back to the South and make these states purple right now. Because if everyone's descendants who moved out years Mm -hmm. ago, decades ago, came back, Mm -hmm. that would tip the scales. But it all comes down to turnout. Mm -hmm. Whenever there's high turnout, Democrats do well. Whenever there's low turnout, the status quo always shows up. Right.
5: Well it, it it doesn't matter the ultimately people have a responsibility vote where you're voting for what you really believe. I always say on my show, you know, if you're ever presented with a choice that you believe is the lesser of two evils, choose less evil. Thank you. Don't just leave stuff and go, well, it I, I agree. Never. Every
0: choice. That's adulthood. Adulthood right. is a series of right. choosing the lesser of two evils. Yes. Picking your goddamn dessert off a menu is choosing the lesser of two evils. Right. Or six evils if you're not in you know, voting, Los Angeles. Not voting. Not <laughs> voting is choosing the greater of two evils. That's right.
5: Yeah. That you're abdicating the choice entirely, which means you're saying whoever the dominant force is in this it, it, situation Worse than advocating is saying, you know yeah.
0: what? I'm going to let Marjorie Taylor Greene vote for me. That's right. I'm going to let Ann Ca- I know I'm Ann Coulter's showing up to vote, so I'm going to stay home. And
5: I'm going to allow the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world to think that I don't care. That's the bigger part of it. Yeah. That's the. That's where I'm talking about the mandate. If you can stack the mandate where you are, because, you know, it's it's funny to me when the right, red states, are all what they're clamoring about right now is all the crime in the blue cities. The blue cities, all these blue c- Democrat cities have all the crime. They also have all the money, all the coffee houses, all the sex, all the theaters, all mm-hmm. the everything, because that's where the population is for god's sake. They, you know there's a reason why they they really have a hard time dealing with per capita. Yes, <laughs> because if they dealt with that number and you know as, as Trump was saying, uh there's a lot of uh, per capita is just per capita <laughs> pertaining to what? Um, that in these rural communities and of course Kevin McCarthy's Bakersfield. Yes. Um, the, oh
0: boy, I'm so ashamed of all the years I sold meth up there. Boy, yeah. Just so really? Ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> Look, they could do so much better. Yeah. I've sold drugs to those people. They could do so much better. I
5: I, I have to say that uh, your version of Breaking Bad, though, was the funniest. <laughs> yeah, that, your season, you know, it was just wacky. And My I
0: version it. of Breaking Bad is a botany teacher who gets cancer and sells weed, weed right, and the sure.
5: whole town mellows out and gets along. It's not that gripping. Right, yeah. yeah. It's a, yeah it's a, it's Didn't not get picked anti, up in the back nine. It's not so much the anti-hero at all, because <laughs> it, heroes actually have to do something, and everybody's just too, like, laid back to accomplish anything.
0: Exactly. So yeah. let me tell you, because you said the FBI just put out some information that states with the top property crimes per 100,000 inhabitants Mm -hmm. in the U.S. property crime rankings are calculated by looking at the rates of theft, burglary and vehicle theft, New Mexico, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mm -hmm. Alabama, Oklahoma. Right. I mean, where, all places,
5: by the way, where people yell yee as they're breaking into your car. The
0: most dangerous states this year for crime are Alaska, New Mexico, Tennessee, Nevada, and Louisiana. The safest states are Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. Idaho, and Wyoming.
5: Right. The, uh, mi- the Northern Europe of America. <laughs> right. But meanwhile, ev- all the other states that are the most dangerous have tremendous amounts of rural areas, which if, if, for those who's at home who watch a lot of true crime means lots of shallow grave potential. Yes. You know that. That's, that's right. That's what the rural thing. Well, and Who has time to dig six feet though? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, and, you know, especially when the snow is coming and yeah, uh, the, it's the like, ground's too cold. Is it, like eight feet of snow, two oh, feet like, of dirt. Oh, it's so
0: hard to text while yeah, you're digging a hole too. And then you yeah. got to
5: explain your sprained wrist to the cops when you're driving down the road. Well, there's lots of explanations, explanations for that, my friend. Sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on which one it is. You know, it's in Alaska, it's always the stranger.
0: Well, yeah, you're dealing with a stiff either way. 866 Yeah. 4748 <laughs> It's innuendo Olympics at 866 eight six six nine nine. Seven grit. You know, it's a it's a great week, mm-hmm. great month for topical comedy. Jesus Christ!
5: Like, I you know, when we started this, there was a lot of like, you know, how much repeating material we might have. Maybe there was like a if we had three weeks of shows or maybe a month and a half of shows, you could kind of rotate a couple of jokes through, a couple sure. bits through, because it was that's the topic. It. it was it was topical enough. That, and it was still on people's mind. Now, with 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 Trumpistan, there's so much turnover in the absolute <laughs> insanity of each thing. He has scandals that would have wrecked other politicians. Oh, I in, know. Not just their career, but their career, their marriage, their children would live in oh, yeah. ignominy. They'd have to leave the goddamn country. And now... There's like, he's got scandals that are like the kid being picked last for kickball, trying it's to like, hey guys, wait up. It's you know, so hard it. to
0: keep track. I'm, yeah. I'm doing a piece about how hard it is to keep track of all the different crimes. Right. And yeah. a, a, a Dr. Seuss book about, how, about all of them. Right. Because like, it's what I call what the fuck fatigue. Yeah. You know, Kevin McCarthy was ousted from the Speaker of the House nine years ago on October 3rd of this month. Right. And it's like, that's been 400 what the fucks ago. Yeah.
5: Every every aspect of Trump's existence has been this kind of, like, white-knuckle... Talk about Alaska. You know, there are those long drives across the country in the middle of the summer where you're helping a friend drive a car, and across that, you know, like, to his f- parents' house or some shit. I've never you,
0: helped a friend right. drive a car across the country, really? but I'm going with your premise. Yeah. No, I've driven no, across country, but I never did it to help e, someone.
5: E, e, well, that's... That. I, I, I'll my, go with your premise. Go on. Saying, yeah, sure. should <laughs> work with me on this. If you had friends... If I had any friends that talked to me You weren't a New Yorker. Okay, yes. yes. and. Right. and you Never mind. And so you're driving <laughs> cross country and there's like a couple of moments where you're like, freak uh rainstorm you get kind of lost you're losing some gps signal the uh in my case when i drove out from high school to, sh- to la when i first left high school uh my my car overheating so much that the tape deck melted my copy of Pretty white nice. lion pride into the actual tape deck so we you had know. to drive silent you know but but our own conversation god forbid for the next like three towns into, like, oh a you missed out a lot of deck. quality am radio oh, yeah. in idaho my uh, friend brutal yeah and uh, well I, I it did help me keep awake at night because uh um, radio preachers make me angry, and anger will keep you awake better than caffeine. Yeah, so in that,
0: anger and comedy, but, yeah,
5: yeah. But you drive across country in that situation. That's you get a couple of moments are like oh shit, but most of it's pretty okay. Politically speaking, right now we're talking. We're in a, a snowstorm with zero visibility for the since je, since 2016, where you're just white knuckling it, and you you're down to one lane. And you're, everybody's still driving relatively fast, but you're between those two concrete barriers where you feel like, you know, you realize in this moment, I'm not Luke Skywalker. I'm one of the people in the Y-Wing fighters that's going to die. And you're just kind of like, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Every 85 feet is just a lifetime of challenges and moments where like this is gonna go bad, this is gonna yes go bad. No. It's gonna
0: yes bad. and no. Yeah. Because would not you would you not agree? I mean,
5: you know, that you get tw- numb to it after a while. No, and no,
0: no, a, no. I mean, no, I've become more impressed with Democrats. And I say this is a yes. lifelong independent, but you know uh, twenty seventeen, Trump takes office, cuts taxes for gazillionaires, and we're still in the throes of the Bernie fan versus Hillary fan civil right. war. Fuck you for only agreeing with me on ninety percent of issues. Yeah, yeah. If don't then,
5: get if we don't get everything, nobody gets anything. Pelosi right.
0: holds the caucus together to save Obamacare. Yep. Like, I've never seen anything like it, like Dems in array Mm -hmm. from then onward. Right. I mean, like like from the anti-choice Democrats in Texas through the hardcore squad. Mm -hmm. And then you go through a presidential campaign where there's like 20 Democrats on stage in a debate. Right. And yet they all coalesce behind Biden, except you, Tulsi. Go off to Tucker's green room. Uh, But the discipline they've had. And we've now seen 17 Speaker of the House votes this (laughs) month. (laughs) Hakeem Jeffries has gotten the most votes in 16 of them. Right. Completely consistent. Would, I, would you not say I, that as awful as the what the fucks are, that this party has really gotten incredible. their shit together in Absolutely. ways that I grew up not seeing? And
5: our institutions have held uh, in the face of the worst onslaught since the War of 1812. The judicial
0: branch has taught us all a civics lesson of separation it's of powers. It's fucking
5: fantastic. Yeah. But I will say that there has always been, and this is the... Like, In that car analogy I was using, I trust my own driving in the general sense and the quality of the vehicle that I'm in and the circumstance where I'm pretty sure the other drivers on the other side while trying to stay on the road and not slide off into it are doing their best to stay there as well. That would be the institutions in the Democratic Party part of it. But the storm itself. Uh, that Sidney Powell will tell us that has been coming and is always coming and seems to be coming all over the place um, in the case of Donald Trump has created this kind of white knuckling of like every fucking time we turn around this guy wants to flippantly use violent rhetoric towards yet another run-of-the-mill like politician in a state that used to be on his side. He or docks somebody... the Attorney General yes, of New York State. Where, to the point where we've got to, we've got S- six to eight week windows where we literally have to, everybody's genuinely got this little satellite this this dark side of the moon kind of thing floating in the back of your head was like <laughs> about like when is this dumbass going to get someone shot and that's and 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 that would He already
0: has. Her name is Ashley
5: Babbitt. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. One of I guess one of the people who didn't find their way to it on their own. Correct. She is yeah.
0: dead because she believed him. in him. Yes, yeah.
5: right. And and uh and and by the way, so is uh Rose, Roseanne Boylan, the woman who was stomped to death yeah. uh dead on painkillers while the police that these people were trying to beat to death were trying to resuscitate her That's right. and and save her life. So there were, you know, two of two of the actual dead on that day, both supported Trump all the yeah. way to the end.
0: And he and, and he fundraises yeah. off their dead bodies. Right,
5: right. And and I will say this. I I will I will say that It's a joy in these moments because I've said you have to kill the myth before you kill the man. metaphorically in terms of sending him to jail the myth has to die before the man can go to jail but
0: sending him to jail I fear will not end the myth I think he wants to go to prison for a weekend for the fundraising hall he'd get out of it I would rather see him humiliated mm -hmm. well that's the myth part because I don't think he'll ever actually go to a prison we will never see if Orange clashes with Orange worst case Mm -hmm. he'll be house arrest or maybe 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 some cushy otisburg style federal pen but I think it would more or less be at his retirement golf club and he would just
5: be able to sit there and bang hookers Mm -hmm. And eat Big Macs or like he does now, or he'll or he'll go through like a Weinstein Cosby phase where he pretends to be blind and walks in with a. Although his ego wouldn't, I don't maybe think his ego it. would allow it, right? Yeah. but at a certain point, if he, he thinks he's, he's not going to do the dementia excuse even he, when he needs to, if he thinks he's outsmarting the system. Remember, because Donald Trump doesn't think that you're smart if you win in court because you deserve to win. Oh, no, he I get it. if you cheat yeah. and you win and he can well, pull hi- the wolves over. History kind of bears that out in fairness. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But
0: I see him as being like, you know, uh, an efficient mobster, right. not a Vincent the Chin Gigante who I used to see when I was a kid walking around in his in his uh, bathrobe on Sullivan Street. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's what Uncle Junior was based on.
5: Right. Well, I, I really, I do think there is a chance that he will see like a, a golf, you know, a uh, club fed kind of situation at some point. But to get to that point, you have to eliminate his mythology as a businessman. Oh, yeah. And that's what's happening in New York right now, whether he likes it oh, or not. exactly. Because even his most stringent followers, and I mean, you're going to have the QAnon crowd, that they don't count. They don't vote anyways. They never did before. And they're not going to again, because the very same people who still support him, are the people who don't think you should vote because it's rigged anyways, and yeah. the Democrats are going to throw the because? So he's he's just talking but again to these people. These are the people who room.
0: who thought George W. Bush, who couldn't find oil in Texas, was a great businessman, <laughs> sure. and now they think Donald Trump, who couldn't keep a casino open in
5: Atlantic City, right. was a great businessman. Who wrote facts, of the deal facts don't really
0: facts don't really matter to
5: them. They're right. beyond reason. But again, they're not going to vote. They don't—that that part of—that group, he—look at, the, look at uh, the senatorial campaign that gave us the Senate in Georgia, specifically. He talked them out of voting, and he's still doing it. Okay, what is better for, uh, for old Joe mm-hmm. for re-election? Because I want to talk about old
0: Joe. Sure. Uh, is it better that he faces Donald Trump, who is arguably the easiest Republican to beat, mm-hmm. or is it better— if Donald Trump is knocked out of this race, either because he doesn't win or because the plaque around his heart backs up mm-hmm. or because there's a contested convention and Glenn Young gets it mm-hmm. and a lot of MAGA stay home.
5: Yeah. Well, Which one's better? What's okay. a better scenario so for Biden's reelection? Quite frankly, by the numbers. Yeah. Uh, if anybody but, but Trump, Trump will bring a chunk of the always wear an R on your jersey crowd. He'll still only get 50% of his own party. There's a bunch of people who are going but to... But that's the thing.
0: Money. I mean, when we say, hey, how, how could Biden win the White House but lose the Senate? Because there were a lot of Republicans who voted for Biden and then right. went R down ballot. That's right. So there are Republicans who will vote against Trump. Yes. I don't know if there's Republicans who will vote against Glenn Youngkin.
5: Yes, they will. And I'll tell you who it is. It's half of Trump voters. Half of the 50%... Oh, they'll just stay home. You're right. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, they will not only not vote for whoever it is. And it certainly wasn't going to be DeSantis. It's not going to be Nikki Haley because the idea that they're going to vote for a brown woman is just absurd on its face. Mm. But it's not going to be Yunkin either. You don't even think? It's, No. Even as a fill-in because those people to be? whoever it is shivved him to get there.
0: Right. But if if we get to the convention, this has been my existential mm-hmm. dread. I have two existential dreads. Right. Uh, one is Saudi Arabia cutting production and gas is $9 a gallon right. this time next sure. year. I hope the White House has a plan. And two is there's a contested convention. Mm-hmm. And the establishment says, no way, this guy's been convicted of 19 felonies because there's seven criminal trials between now and next August. Yeah. And Glenn Youngkin, squeaky clean, gets squeezed in there and is the fresh face running against old Joe. Yeah. And both of those keep me up at night.
5: No, because the other half of the Trump voters are going to go home. home. They were, first of all, the Republican Party has lost by numbers. When you see this, like 50% of Democrats and 50% of Republicans, you're talking about, 20,000 Democrats in that particular case and 5,000 Republicans, which are 50% of the people that they reached out to who identified as Democrats and Republicans. Right, right. There's a sheer numbers difference. That's why you hear the percentages all the time. Always beware of any article that gives you the percentage without the sheer number.
0: Sure. And, and of course, in the midst of all this, it's seven states that will decide all of this exactly. for the rest of us. And Harlan Crow and dark money will be pouring in for Bobby Kennedy and Cornell West in and those seven gonna states. And it's going
5: to do fuck all. It's not going to do anything. Neither one of them is going to nader their way into this and wiggle away. And if, if RFK pulls any votes, he's pulling them from Trump right now. And You know,
0: RFK began calling for reparations this week because he's trying to pull votes from the left again. Yep, this so. week, he stopped talking about vaccine bullshit because yeah. he got the memo that that was hurting Trump. Right. And now, because he doesn't even want to win
5: the Kennedy Hyannisport caucus, right. He's talking about reparations. Yeah, it's not going to amount to anything. It's him. That's him jockeying for what shred of Cornell West votes there are out there. And again, <laughs> these are people who don't vote. Yeah, these are the non-voters, and they're and they don't. They're not even. We're talking about uh, the 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 swing independents. We're not ta- that's not the same group of people. Yeah. Those are people swing independents are the largest group right now because they're made up of what I would say wuss democrats who don't want to admit that they're, they're democrats and are kind of like playing with that name and republicans who are ashamed they voted for George Bush twice and Trump and are now like I'm an independent I just uh, mm. I just always vote R. Yeah. You know, and then there's a wing like a an 11% wiggle room of those independents that do make the difference each time and none of them are going Trump's direction and none of them are watching what's happening in and the of house. course, there's
0: always that wild card of Americans who bear a unique kind of grudge because of Roe v. Wade.
5: Well, oh yes, I mean, women being the largest part of the electorate. Boom, and young I, people. Yeah.
2: So you know, oh Ron, you gotta, oh, Ron, Ron we got wants Ron to, to participate. Yeah, you wow. Gotta, wow, you, you got to look at oh suburban women, and you've got to look at black women. I, and, all the t- and, all day. And, I do. Uh, yeah. me too. And yeah. you've got and you've got to look at the acronym, which I think is outdated now, of aged abortion guns. Uh, the education, education, environment. No, no environment, no environment, environment and democracy itself. And I think there's a messaging error in calling it abortion. I think at this point, it's very clear from everything we've learned based on post Roe v. Wade, that it is uh, women's health care. Mm-hmm. It's, okay. it's, it's women's, women's reproductive healthcare. rights or rage. It's, it's not reproduction rights, <laughs> it's no, health care. if it's women's it's, reproductive rights, that then, it, then it's raged. Well, he's trying to keep the, it cute. It, 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 that works. It, yeah. At the end of the day, that's the message, and that's exactly. going to get suburban women, and that's going to get people back focused in, instead of you know the false flags of oh let Democrats uh, try to run things. Look at how the crime is out of control in Chicago.
0: Right. Well, and well, and, but but of course that's the Republican talking point about right. crime out of control in, uh, out of control in Chicago, yes. which is you know uh, let's talk about crime out of control in rural areas, exactly. my friends. That's always euphemism for black, 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 mm-hmm. and it only works inside the bubble. I mean, right. Crimes out of control in Chicago because it's really easy to buy a gun in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And that's right. the point I want to hear Democrats make. Right. To counter against that. Yeah.
5: that and, and that a lot of these cities that have very stringent gun control laws because we don't have we don't have border laws inside the United States. You can just bring them across. And mm-hmm. then by the time, if you're we in the process.
0: Borders, no, right. We have to protect our borders, Hal. We have to protect right. our borders. You right. know, most guns used in crimes in all New York bo- are bought in. All states
5: are border states now.
0: <laughs> most guns uh, bought used in New York crimes are bought in Virginia. That's right. We have to build a wall. And we got to go. I will see you guys tomorrow morning on the Stephanie Miller Show. And I'll see you this weekend at the Sexy Liberal Show. I'm John Fugleson. Keep it tuned to XM Progress. Peace.